Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Well, hello there, friends and faithful listeners, and happy Tuesday and happy week before Christmas. I hope you all are staying sick-free. In other words, not sick. I uh, I unfortunately know a handful of people who are quite sick right now, and I feel for them. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm a compulsive hand washer. I have kind of an OCD thing about it where my hands just feel grimy all the time. So I wash my hands a lot, several times throughout the day. And uh, it's not so much that I'm like necessarily scared of getting sick, though I don't like getting sick. (laughs) It's that uh, I just, my hands just feel gross and I can't touch my face. It's very strange. But yeah, that's a little fun fact about me. But anyway, hope you guys are feeling well. But if anybody has a prayer request, if you're not feeling good or you know somebody who is super sick, then please shoot me an email and I will write you guys down in my little prayer journal. Now, of course, for anybody that does want to shoot me an email, I may not get to it immediately, but I do try to get back to everybody if I can. Um, But just please have patience with me regarding that if uh, you do choose to email me. But do know that if you do email me, I do in fact see it. And also I wanna thank everybody who has purchased my Advent devotional, the new one. I see you guys and I am extremely thankful. But let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 24, verses 36 through 53 today. And actually this is a special, special episode because this is the last episode of Luke. And we're moving into John on Thursday. And I didn't even realize that until basically yesterday. So sorry for not mentioning that earlier, but yeah, I didn't notice it. But yeah, we're moving into John very soon. So that's exciting. But let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 24 verses 36 through 53 today. Once again, I'll be reading on the WEB version as I always do, but feel free to grab the version you prefer and also the beverage you prefer, whether it is tea or coffee. I've got my coffee here and let's go ahead and read this together. Once again, that's Luke chapter 24 verses 36 through 53, the last episode of Luke. As they said these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be to you. But they were terrified and filled with fear and supposed that they had seen a spirit. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is truly me. Touch me and see, for a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. While they still didn't believe for joy and wondered, he said to them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. He took them and ate in front of them. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you, that all these things which are written in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms concerning me must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds that they might understand the scriptures. He said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send out the promise of my father on you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. He led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. 
While he blessed them, he withdrew from them and he was carried up into heaven. They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. So this is right after Jesus met with the two travelers on the road to Emmaus. And he revealed himself to these two travelers who weren't part of the original 12 disciples, but were a part of uh, Jesus's other disciples, because we know Jesus had a lot of disciples. And there's actually an account that Jesus appeared to like 400 people after he was risen from the dead. And I'm getting that number from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 8, where Paul mentions all the people that Jesus actually appeared to. So here's actually what 1 Corinthians 15, 4 through 8 says. It says that he was buried and he raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So Paul mentions that 500 different people, it was more than 400, 500 different people, Jesus saw them and appeared to them. So that means 500 eyewitnesses saw Jesus after he was raised from the dead. It says in the Bible that you only need two witnesses to prove something is true. 500 people saw Jesus after he was raised from the dead. And I mean, I'm sure that different skeptics could be like, well, where are these 500 accounts? But we have a lot of accounts, even from scripture alone, of different men who penned seeing Jesus after he was risen from the dead. Paul is one of them. Peter is another one of them. John is another one of them. We have lots of accounts just from the Bible alone of people who saw Jesus after he was raised from the dead. Jesus was, in fact, raised from the dead. There is a lot of eyewitness evidence of this. So now Jesus appears to this room full of people. And <laughs> it says, this is what's so funny about this. It says, as they said all these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be to you. So he's like, peace to all you guys. And he's just like there all of a sudden. And they were terrified and filled with fear, supposing they had seen a spirit. And this is what's so funny. They were literally just saying like a moment before this, they were like, Jesus is is in fact raised from the dead because he appeared to these guys. He appeared to Simon Peter. He appeared to, you know, him and her and whoever else. And so they're, they're claiming, yes, Jesus is in fact alive. Then when Jesus is there in the room with them, they're horrified and they're just like, that can't possibly be Jesus. This is a spirit we're seeing. <laughs> so they're like, nah, that's a ghost. <laughs> it says they're horrified. And Jesus is like, what is wrong with you? He's like, He's kind of like that. He's like, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? So Jesus is like, you were just saying I'm alive. And so here I am. So he says, see my hands and my feet. That is truly me. Touch me and see for a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see that I have. So he's like, ghosts don't have bones or skin or hair. He's like, look, I'm not a ghost. I am standing here. I am real. I am in the flesh right here with you. Now, of course, uh, Jesus's resurrected body was different. It was different. And one of the reasons I believe this is because if you look at the accounts of Jesus raising people from the dead, for example, Jairus's little girl, he raised from the dead. 
And then he also raised from the dead Lazarus. And then several people in the book of Mark, I believe it was, rose from the dead after Jesus rose from the dead also. And that Mark is the only account that mentions that, that other saints rose from the dead also to go and tell the story of Jesus. All these people that Jesus rose from the dead died again. So they were all in their humanly bodies. They all were once again going to die at some point. Jesus, however, was different. He was not going to die again. His body was renewed. It was something beyond this world. He wasn't going to die again. So whatever Jesus's new body was, was something very, very special and beyond this world because of the fact that Jesus was not going to die again. So that's that's personally what I believe about that, not to mention that Jesus is, in fact, God. <laughs> and if you listen to my episode on Christmas Eve, you're going to hear about the Trinity. So yes, even though he did have a different body, he had a resurrected body that never was going to die again and was very uh, special and different than whatever we have here on earth. He was God. So he was able to also just appear to people when he wanted to. He was able to mask his appearance because he does that on a couple occasions. You know, he he's God. So he was able to do this stuff and just appear right in front of these disciples. But it is very interesting here, verse 41. And this is the verse that sticks out to me the most on this uh, portion of scripture. It says, while they still didn't believe for joy, and they wondered, he said to them, do you have anything here to eat? And what's so interesting about this to me is the fact that they still had disbelief. Though it says that they had joy, they were joyful over the fact that they saw Jesus standing there with them, but they still didn't believe. But they were filled with joy and wonder. And depending on what version you read, you'll see that. Uh, for example, the NLT version says in verse 41, still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. So yeah, they, they were having a hard time processing what was going on here with Jesus just suddenly appearing to them, which I think anybody would. You can't really judge them too harshly here. We have never experienced somebody just randomly appearing to us out of thin air. I mean, if somebody all of a sudden was here in the room with me while I'm recording this podcast episode, I would probably die of a heart attack. Like if, if somebody just randomly appeared out of thin air. <laughs> Basically, that's what I think is going on here with the disciples. They're filled with joy and wonder, but they are just having a really hard time processing everything that's going on here. So now Jesus asks for food, even though Jesus was in his resurrected body. And I do think that his body was probably perfect at this point. He still asked for food. And this was probably to solidify that he was, in fact, Jesus, the same Jesus that they knew of him before. And so Jesus asks for some food and they hand him a piece of broiled fish and a honeycomb. So Jesus is sitting there eating and they're just all staring at him. <laughs> it says in verse 43, he ate as they watched. So clearly this was Jesus like basically showing them like, look, I am definitely not a spirit. I'm sitting here physically eating this food. And of course, the disciples are watching him do this. I think at this point, it sounds to me like they are finally beginning to understand that this is like Jesus sitting there eating. Because now Jesus says, when I was with you before, I told you everything that was written about me in the law. 
of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms that it must be fulfilled. So what's what I love about that is the fact that Jesus brings everything back to the Old Testament. Jesus confirmed the Old Testament with his own mouth. He never unconfirmed it. The Old Testament and the New Testament fit together perfectly. And everything that Jesus said in the New Testament confirmed the Old Testament and the validity of it and the truthfulness of it. So he says, even in the law of Moses, there was prophecies about Jesus. And I can think of a handful just off the top of my head, just how Jesus fulfilled all the laws and, you know, the Day of Atonement and Passover. He fulfilled all of those holidays that were talked about in the Law of Moses. But then also in the book of Numbers, we read how Balaam, that evil guy <laughs> who was trying to curse Israel for money, couldn't curse Israel and instead started prophesying about Jesus way, way back, thousands of years before Jesus was even born, he was prophesying about Jesus coming as a king with a scepter. So yeah, I mean, Jesus was talked about from the very beginning of time, and Jesus confirms this here. He says, everything that was written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms would be fulfilled. And Jesus did, in fact, fulfill everything. And he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And this is the second time this is mentioned. This happened on the road to Emmaus as well. Jesus opened up the scriptures to those two disciples. And now he's doing it here again with all the disciples. I think they're all in the room at this point, at least most of them. It says that he opened up their minds to the scriptures, showing them how he fulfilled the Old Testament law, because that was very important. It was very important that Jesus fulfill the prophecies that were written about him, because clearly <laughs> if there is a prophecy about somebody and it doesn't get fulfilled, it doesn't come true, I suppose, then clearly that person wasn't the one prophesied about. So Jesus had to fulfill all of those prophecies and he shows them how he did, in fact, fulfill all, all of those prophecies. And what's cool about this is that even nowadays, this is a solid argument that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament law. And Jewish people often come to Christ reading the Old Testament and seeing the New Testament and how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament so, so well. So even nowadays, very valid argument. In fact, I know somebody and he was a guest on the podcast for the book of Leviticus. His name was Andrew Rappaport. And he was a Jewish man who came to faith in Jesus Christ because he read and saw the Old Testament and how Jesus in fact, fulfilled everything about the Old Testament, and he became a Jesus believer. So now it says here that it was written a long time ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise again from the dead on the third day. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He rose again from the dead. He was not going to die again. He conquered death and gave us life. And so now it says, it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness for all who repent. And let me go back to the W.E.B. version. I just realized I'm still in the NLT because I like the way the W.E.B. mentions here in verse 47 uh, that the disciples would have to preach the repentance and remissions of sins that should be preached in Jesus's name. And I kind of like the way the W.E.B. words that a little better than the NLT because the W.E.B. talks about repentance and remission of sins. 
So right here, anybody who is not preaching this in Jesus's name is not preaching the remission of sins, the repentance from sins is a false preacher. If these preachers are up there on the pulpits only preaching, Jesus loves you and that's it. Go do what you want to do. Those are false preachers because Jesus says that the gospel that is going to be spread is going to help people begin to confess their sins. It's going to be a preaching of the remission of sins. So if your pastor does not preach about sins, then he may be a false teacher. And I I definitely recommend at that point, if you recognize that, you might want to find a different church, unfortunately. And unfortunately, it's, it's quite common. I know of a pastor who created a huge problem in my area where he was not preaching the remission of sins. People got their lives, some of them, their lives got destroyed by this church and this man who did this. We need to be spreading Christ in our churches. It's, it's a very important thing to do that we keep our church, our churches holy. Holy means set apart. Holy means different. We keep our churches holy. We don't allow false teachers to come in. We don't allow anybody who is false get into a leadership position because that can cause damage. And in order to do that, also, we have to preach the remission of sins. We have to call people out on their garbage. Everybody has some sort of garbage, including me. And it is a good thing for us to get rid of that. And if it hadn't been for people in my life guiding me to get rid of some of the sins that I used to struggle with very, very badly, I think I would be a very, very sad and depressed person if I was continuing to live in those sins that I used to have. But I'm thankful for people like my husband. I'm thankful for people like my mom and my sister who have guided me and and my counselor who have guided me onto the correct Christian path by teaching me the remission of sins. So it's a loving thing to do. It's much more loving to tell people that they are wrong and that their lives may eventually be destroyed if they continue on this path than it is to affirm people in their bad behavior. Jesus says here uh, in verse 49, Behold, I send out the promise of my father on you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. So in other words, wait for the Holy Spirit before you go out and start preaching the gospel to every creature because the Holy Spirit is supposed to give us power. The Holy Spirit is another counselor, another advocate. Jesus was a counselor. He was an advocate. But now the Holy Spirit is here with us. So anybody that accepts Jesus accepts the Holy Spirit into their hearts. And the Holy Spirit is obviously there for us, guiding us onto the correct path. So after all this, it says, uh, he led them as far out as Bethany. So I think some time had passed until this moment because it does say that Jesus was on earth after his resurrection for 40 days. So I do think some time has passed from verse 49 to 50, but now he's in Bethany and it says he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. At this point, he also gave them the great commission. And so while he blessed them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. After this, they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And I mean, this is just so cool. The difference in their behavior 40 days prior to this, they were probably so terrified to go into the temple because of the the Pharisees that were in there. But now they are just filled with courage and boldness because of Jesus. 
And now they're continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. And we find out in the book of Acts that they were bringing so many people, so many people into the faith. It was crazy, the movement that happened after Jesus ascended into heaven. And so now, of course, we have the church, everything that these apostles spread when Jesus went back into heaven, you and I now have. And we continue to spread this message because it is the most important message we could ever give somebody. Well, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it on your social media accounts. And thank you to everybody who has been supporting the podcast and contacting me. Love to hear from you guys. You're going to find all my links down in the bio of this podcast episode. So if you want to see more content, if you want to go over to the YouTube page and see what I'm doing over there, then click on the little YouTube link. Or if you want to check out the website, I'm still giving away two free chapters of my book, Out of the Mire, when you sign up for the emails. And don't forget, Thursday, we're going to be in the book of John. But until then, happy listening and God bless.